You are Locked On Bulldogs, your daily podcast on the Georgia Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Bulldogs podcast. I am Daniel. And I am Clint. Back again, Daniel. Hopefully you made some bets. Hopefully you followed us into it. Let's hope. Let's hope so. Let's hope that was the case. Let's hope we we sent you in the right direction. Uh, He is Daniel. I am Clint. Welcome to Locked On Bulldogs, your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Daniel and I are two fans that love being fans. We want you to be better fans. That's why we made this podcast. Uh, We're not gurus or insiders at all, but rather these are just two fans talking real talk with real takes Mm, every single time we get on these mics, Daniel. That's right. That's who we are. We're not trying to be somebody we're not. We're not trying to take ourselves too seriously. We are super glad that you're here. Thanks for listening. Um, uh, If you're a Georgia fan, we think you're in the right place. This is just a real conversation, as Clint said, between Georgia fans. And we would love for you to join into it, to be honest with you. We started this podcast uh, as a way to... engage in the types of conversations that fans have and we'd love to have those conversations with you so you can uh, do that in one of one of two ways you can email us locked on bulldogs at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you your comments questions thoughts opinions ideas or takes uh or you can hit us up on twitter at dogs podcast um follow us on there and um you know beware of twitter it's it's a Mm. it's a it's an unsafe place at times, but uh, but if you're prepared to navigate those waters, we'd love to interact with you uh, on the Twitter as well. Um, uh, as Clint said, um, we're two Georgia fans, and we started this podcast for fans, by fans, real takes from real fans. And so um, uh, if you're new to the show, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Subscribe. That yeah. is the easiest thing that you can do to help us out. If you've been with us for a while, we would love it if you would consider leaving us a rating or a review. Um, uh, those things really do help us out. It takes you five seconds. They do. Uh, we will never ask you for money, but uh, one of the ways that you can help us is to leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts specifically. So we appreciate that if you haven't done that already. If you're a real fan, uh, one of the... Uh, one of the true fans, then you can uh, tell a friend about the show, get, sign up for a cat subscription. All those things are you possible. Know. You know. Uh, you know what to do if you're that guy. Don't be a Trevor. Don't be a Trevor. Um, uh, today, Clint, we have several th- topics that we want to get into. I want to start with a little uh, announcement, uh, oh. maybe. Uh, so Maybe a preview, maybe, a little maybe teaser. A teaser for um, some shows next week. Okay. Clint, I believe okay. I believe the people should know what's oh, coming. Oh, I people. believe it's important just, to them. Mm-hmm. It's important to us mm-hmm. that, that you know what's in store for you. Um, uh, next week on the pod, as Clint said, I don't know if he said this or not, we are here every day, Monday through I Friday. I said that. And uh, next week is a special week because it's the last week of the offseason. Point one. That is, that is what one. next week is. Okay, the last week of the offseason, the longest, oh. most brutal offseason in the history of offseasons. I'm going to – Okay. Uh, look, there Look, there might be a bunch of squirrels in a road somewhere that I, I'm going to have to get my aggression on somehow, you know? 
That's that's too much information. The fine <laughs> folks at PETA, probably not a fan of the show to begin with. PETA, but Peter, first really of all, thanks not. for listening. Secondly, <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you. As a collective we, unit. We like, hey, we talk about cat reviews and subscriptions here, okay? Yeah. We are for your people. Uh, also, <laughs> we, we have sarcasm here. Also, go away. Um, uh, last week of the offseason next week, because the following week will be Arkansas Game Week. And the podcast will be 100% focused on the Arkansas game. But as the last week of this of the offseason uh, concludes on Wednesday's episode on Wednesday and Friday, sandwiched around the locks episode on Thursday, we are going to do a two-part season preview episode um, with a special guest, Clint, Who? on the podcast. Longtime friend of the show. Um uh, Longtime employee of the show, zero time paid employee of the show, executive producer, intern, Michael, audio engineer, legal consultant, um, <clears throat> sound uh, guru, and I think, podcast aficionado. I think some people know him as Moon Pie, M-Dubs. Moon, Moon Pie, Michael Moon Pie, uh, will be joining us on the podcast. We're going to be doing a a two-part season preview with him. You're not going to want to miss it. So uh, that's what's coming up next week. Yep. But for today's episode, Clint, as we finish out the conversation today, I have a I have a question that I want to pose to you. Okay. I want to get your thoughts. I maybe want to give you some of my thoughts. This might spill over into the second segment. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. We've talked a lot about quarterbacks on this podcast, Lots. and we will continue to talk a lot about quarterbacks Is on this podcast. Is that a source of contention for UGA That's this year, not, Daniel? That ain't going away. No. Okay? So if you were hoping for us to talk about other things, sorry, but the safeties are pretty well squared up. We, all right? We don't mm-hmm. really need to discuss mm-hmm. that Richard LeCount and Lewis Seen are presumably pretty good. No, we got okay? that down. Okay, so we're, don't, we're doing fine there. Quarterback's been a major source of contention, and so I ask you this. We are now uh, darn near two weeks away yeah. from the opening game. I'm only going to talk about the first half of the opening game. As oh, I she's getting question. real specific. Okay. In the first half of the opening game, Clint, will we see two quarterbacks take the field for the University of Georgia in the first half of the first game? Okay, so this presupposes that I have a couple of questions answered, Daniel. Sure. Okay, let's let's go ahead and answer those questions. Question one: We know who who the starter is for UGA. Presuppose. Well, we will one. find that out. I, we will definitively I, I, find that out when the game starts. I understand that. If not before, <laughs> I understand that one piece on the day of the game. Okay. Yeah. But if you're, if I found out Dewan Mathis was the starter right now, okay. if you told me that, okay. my answer is okay. no. My answer is no. Okay. We see Dewan the whole half. Okay. If but, JT is the starter, okay, almost certainly we'll see two quarterbacks in the first half for UGA. I'm not, ex, ex, not explain yourself. Here's here's my explanation. Uh, Dewan Mathis brings another element uh, to the to the game, to the field that JT does not. Okay. Uh, secondly, JT injury still lingering, still not there, still not fully recovered. He might be cleared, but but he's not 
exactly who he was before. There's always concern there until you got a full season under your legs. Okay. And then thirdly, it seems to me that Dewan uh, has captured a bunch of attention from insiders from who cares about insiders, but from coaching staff, most importantly, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the uh, only so, people that matter. Only people that matter. So uh, if that's the case, if the coaching staff is enamored with him, but he's not quite there yet, I think they make a couple packages or, or a drive specifically for him in mind uh, in the first half because of those. Interesting. But you're not necessarily saying that if JT's the starter, you think Dewan will at least begin the season playing occasionally. Not necessarily as a threat to take JT's job, but as a, I don't want to say gimmick, but as a, a wrinkle in the offense. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. At, at minimum to begin the season. All right. I'm going to give, I'm going to give my thoughts on this as we come back from break. Before I do that, let me give my thoughts on something else. Things that taste good better than things that don't taste good. True or false? True, Daniel. Yeah, there's no dispute about that. Um, uh, here's the beauty of buying a box of Bill Bars. Maybe we will see one quarterback in the first half of the opening game against Arkansas. Maybe we'll see two quarterbacks. Uh, when you buy a box of Bill Bars, you don't have to worry, should I just eat one of these delicious candy bar-like things? Mm-hmm. Or should I eat two of these delicious candy bar-like things? Because... Though they taste like a candy bar, they are in fact healthy for you as a protein bar. Um, Bill Bars are the best tasting protein bar on the market. They're high in protein, they're low in sugar, they're low in carbs, and they're high in fiber. Um, they are keto approved and great for the, whatever diet you are on. Um, you go to BillBar.com, you enter the promo code Locked On, and you will get $10 off your order. That's any order of Bill Bar. You order uh, a single flavor box. You order a variety pack box. You order a couple different boxes. Um, you order one that you put in the freezer immediately. You order one that you set mm-hmm. out on the counter mm-hmm. and eat when you get up in the morning on your commute to work. Um, even if your commute to work is just walking up the steps to the office, a Bill Bar is a great option for that. You go to BillBar.com, you enter the promo code locked on, you get $10 off your first order, and apparently, according to my co-host, if there's any coolers floating around out there, you might get one of those as well. BillBar.com, the best tasting protein bar on the market. All right, Daniel, you have thoughts and opinions about this two-quarterback system. You posed the question to me, so I'll put it back to you. What do you think about the first half? I do not think there's any chance that Georgia is going to run a two-quarterback system this year. I don't think that there's any chance that we're going to see Dewan Mathis and JT Daniels used intentionally together. Okay. During the course of the season as a wrinkle or as a in a Jake from Justin Fields circa 2018 type of way. I do think. And I think I would say at this point, I am 70, 70 percent. I do think we will see both quarterbacks used in the first half of the Arkansas game. Because I do not think the coaching staff will have made a decision hmm. by the time the Arkansas game rolls around. And I think 
if you go back to previous seasons, you know, I think about some of those Alabama seasons. They use multiple quarterbacks. Kirby's on the sideline with Nick Saban. They didn't know who the starter was going to be. They rolled both guys out in the first half. And um, eventually by week one, week two, week three, you know, uh, somebody took the job. They did that with Tua and Jalen Hurts as recently as Tua and Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think Kirby's never done that. Mm-hmm. But Kirby's never really had this. All right, Jacob Eason had beaten Jake Fromm. Correct. He had beaten him. He was the starter. There was no competition. I mean, there was a competition, but Jake, but Jacob Eason had won it. Uh, the following year... Jake Fromm had beaten Justin Fields mm-hmm. for the quarterback job. Mm-hmm. That now, whether you agree with it or not, the coach in the coaching staff eyes, that matter had been settled. This year, there is no incumbent. No, nope. there is no player with a vast amount of experience advantage. Both players are drastically different. Both players have wild unknowns attached to their names, and so I believe that. And I don't even disagree with this. I think I might be in favor of the coaching staff sending both quarterbacks out there for a couple series in the first half of the Arkansas game. And then you evaluate and you see where you're at. And go with a hot hand after that? Do we need an established quarterback to beat Arkansas? Nope. No, we don't. So what's the point of rushing the quarterback decision for that game you let both of them go out there listen mm-hmm. to me if they had done that with jake Fromm and justin fields oh is there a oh. chance oh no is there a chance i'm not trying to revise oh, history gosh. here I... but i'm just is there a chance now listen you send out jt i don't care which one of them starts in this scenario obviously we're not going to know that's the scenario and so when we see one of them run out there as the starter we're going to think that's whatever and then after two series all of a sudden this guy goes in and uh freaking uh who jordan rogers in the booth uh is going to be talking about how kirby smart is breaking up the continuity of his quarterback and what listen don't mute that mute that georgia fans all right because if he sends both quarterbacks out there, now we get to see something other than us going against the number one defense in practice. Mm-hmm. There are no more scrimmages, Clint. No. You, you realize this. There, the, the scrimmage portion of the camp is over. Okay, There's, that's it. It's happened. We still don't know who the quarterback is. So how in the world are they supposed to decide between now and game one? I think they're going to decide during game one. And I think you're going to see Dewan Mathis and JT Daniels go out there with a chance to prove to Kirby and Todd and everyone who should be the starting quarterback. And I don't hate I don't hate it, Clint. What are your thoughts? I don't hate that. If that was the case, I'm totally fine with it. And by the way, Daniel, quick question. To confuse uh, the Georgia fan with their feelings, as we often do, we sometimes think to ourselves, well, I would rather have JT. I would rather have Dwan. I would rather. And we get into this game. Daniel, just for the people and for the record and so that we can yes, put this sure. to bed. Who would you rather see play at quarterback? The better one. There we go. Oh. Oh. I'll, t- oh. I'll take the better one. Hold- That's wild. That's You know what? That's Ask me nuance. who the better one is. Ask me who the better one is. Who's the better one, Daniel? 
I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know right now. I think we'll have a much clearer picture come the end of the first half, maybe end of Arkansas. We, we better because week two is not Arkansas. Uh, so I, I don't hate what you yeah. just described, Daniel. Yeah, I, I think I'm not I'm not sure that the coaches will do it, but at this point, it just feels like if they make a decision about who the quarterback is going to be, it, it feels like that decision is not going to be based on a whole heck of a lot. So I'd rather see them both run out there in the game and see what they can do. Um, let's talk about another aspect mm-hmm. of the offense, another coach on the offensive staff, the one, the only Dell McGee. Dell McGee, Daniel, you got you got some news on Dell for us. Dell came out and spoke to the media because apparently uh, Kirby um, is um, like memory loss, a symptom of the coronavirus. Is is forgetting your protocols a symptom of uh, the Rona? Is is there a chance that we should be concerned about uh, Kirby because we just sending out position coaches now we are trotting out position coaches to speak to the media something that kirby has never even remotely flirted with much less this close to a season before but here comes del mcgee Mm -hmm. and let me get this out of the way before we go any further okay del mcgee is a national treasure and he should be treated as such he should be treated as an absolute Jewel. We did our power rankings a while ago on coaches on UGA. Del McGee squarely, squarely in two B three range of the coaching staff of UGA. Look, one hundred percent, and he ain't going to be with you much longer, Georgia fans. Enjoy him while he's here. He is not long for this position, Um, and and I will wish him all the best in the Mm -hmm. world. The recruiting job that this man has done. You want to just talk about a lineage of dominant talent in the running back room and beyond. Uh, Del McGee is a national treasure. But he said some things that were very interesting. Clint, the more things, the more more recaps I'm reading, the more things that I've – a lot of people seem to be focused on – he made a comment about how he expects big things from Zamir White this year. Sure. A lot of people – a lot of people keying in on that. Um, if you needed Del McGee to tell you that he, you, you need to expect big things from Zamir White, you clearly haven't been listening to the pod. So welcome. It's nice to meet you. My name is um, the captain of the Zamir White fan club. And yep. Yep. I believe that he's going to have a an absolutely dominant, record, day historic season. Record-shattering season. That's correct. Daniel has uh, predicted For the university – of Records. Georgia. And so that was not the thing that caught my ear, though, Clint. My ear was perked up by something that we talked about mm-hmm. uh, just a few days ago mm-hmm. on the podcast. And that was Zamir White's counterpart, his partner in crime, Mr. James Cook. Jimmy C, but, but good version. Whoa. Don't you dare. <laughs> don't you dare. Don't. Has he lived up to the expectations? No, he has not. But don't you put that juju on him. That is not you can't you can't call him Jimmy C. Uh James Cook hotly debated, often um praised in fall camp, and then mm-hmm. 
Lo and behold, the season rolls around and James Cook is nowhere to be found. Um, Jimmy, uh, I'm sorry, Del McGee. You got James Coley on my mind now. Uh, Del McGee comes out today and he makes an interesting little comment. You got to read between the lines. This is a little bit of Kerbanese. This Mm, is Del McGee picking up a little Mm Kerbanese. You got to read between the lines a little bit. But he says, he's asked which running backs are standing out. And and he immediately starts talking about leadership, not performance on the field. But he immediately does go to Zamir White and James Cook. Okay, that's something. Kenny McIntosh's name, not mentioned. Kendall Milton's name, not mentioned in this conversation. The question was, who is standing out as a player? Mm-hmm. And and he sort of talked in circles for a few minutes, but the names he got to were Zamir and James Cook. And then he said, Clint, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Then he said, Zamir and James are two really good backs and, quote, they complement each other very well. Oh, no. Which makes them oh, no. a great pair. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, no. What does that, how does, what does that make you feel inside? You hear that? What does that make you start to think about? Uh, one, uh, first down, second down, Zeus. Third down, James Cook. Yeah. What about what if I what if I went first down Zeus, second down Zeus and James Cook, third down James Cook? What I, if I did that? I, I don't like anything that's being said right now, Daniel. If I could be perfectly honest to you, I I really don't you, like anything that's going on right now. Let me tell you this: uh, the reason James Cook has disappointed you, Georgia fans, is because no offensive coordinator yet at the University of Georgia has managed to uh, use him in a way that befits his uh, gifting. James Cook ain't going to run between the tackles. Nope. He's just not going to do it. Can't. He's not. He's just not going to do it. I'm not saying he can't do it, but he probably can't, and he definitely won't effectively. James Cook is either going to run to the outside. Mm-hmm. Or he's going to catch the ball. Now look, why does James Cook not see the field, Clint? Do you want me to list you off some stats? Two carries, three carries, three carries, one carry, zero carries, two carries, zero carries, one carry, six carries, one carry, four carries, five carries, three carries. That's James Cook's season last year. The reason James Cook is not on the field is because no offensive coordinator at Georgia has figured out a way to put him on the field that doesn't make it an obvious passing situation. That's right. It's 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 maddening because you know that when he's on the field, Georgia cannot run the ball between the tackles. So you have to do one of two things. You have to either forget that he has a running back position label Mm-hmm. And put him out in the slot where he belongs. Or you have to line him up in the backfield next to a guy who can run between the tackles. Mm-hmm. And then let him run a pass pattern from there. That's the only way to get James Cook on the field and still have the threat of the run inside. 
You cannot consistently, and James Cook just needs more snaps so he can get more catches so he can have more production for this team. Like that's the team desperately needs him to be good this year. And when you listen to guys like Del McGee talk about him, you realize that James Cook has not underperformed. He has been consistently asked to do something that he is not capable of doing. Will Todd Munkin utilize James Cook in a way that befits his skill set? Will he forget about uh, how many running backs you're supposed to have on the field at once? And will he put a guy who's good at catching the ball and running, which Dell didn't come out and say that was his strength, but you don't have to be a rocket scientist to read between the lines and know that Zamir's strength is running the ball downhill and James's strength is catching the ball out of the backfield. Will um, uh, Will Todd Munkin and the new offensive scheme find a way to allow him to do that while still maintaining the threat of the run that Kirby wants and needs and that Georgia needs yeah, to maintain a consistent offense? Uh, that will be the question. These two guys need to be on the field together more, much more this year than they ever have been before. And injuries to Dominic Blaylock, Mm -hmm. uh, question marks at wide receiver, all of these things only lend itself more to the point that I am making, Clint. Well, Daniel, I think the only thing I can say is after the injuries we've had, after the uncertainty at quarterback position, we know this. James Cook in open field can go. Zeus straight oh, line go. can go. I think we're going to have to lean on them heavily until we know more answers. And that gives me a little bit of solace coming into the season. Uh, hey, that does it for Daniel and I. We'll be back on Monday, five days a week, next week, leading up to September 26th. It's coming. We getting there, y'all. All right. So come. come back, listen to that, subscribe, reach out to us on Twitter and Gmail, and we'll talk to you guys later. See ya.